Perhaps our eyes need to be washed by our tears once in a while so that we can see life with a clearer view again. Hello and welcome to episode 199 of Under the Call of MS. This is just going to be an episode of a bunch of different things health-wise that you can do to give yourself a flush, a cleanse, clean your system up, restart your system, things like that. I'm mean, going to just do a bunch of, I have a ton of little things that playing around and stuff that I need to go through and get out of the way. So I'm just going to go through a variety of things that could help you in that route and maybe some other stuff too with MS. Whereas this will just be a variety, multiple gross health, health type episode today uh clean eating involves choosing foods that are minimally processed ethically raised and rich in natural naturally occurring nutrients like fruits and vegetables they should uh, form the basis of a clean eating lifestyle Uh, these foods will require little preparation and provide many health benefits make sure that you wash all your vegetables good because you don't know what's been sprayed on them where they came from what kind of little chemicals and bugs they could have on them make your salads colorful use as many different colors as you can of the rainbow Add berries, chopped apples, or orange slices to your favorite dishes. Limit your processed foods because processed foods conflict with clean eating principles due to their preservatives and lack of nutrients. Basically, it's just food you're eating that serves no purpose to your body. So you're eating it for the taste enjoyment is all you're really eating it for. Maintain a clean eating lifestyle, read labels to ensure that packaged produce, nuts, meats, and other foods contain no questionable ingredients. There should only be a few ingredients on the list, and you should be able to understand each item that you're reading off that list, not a bunch of weird names that you've never heard of. Uh, Refined grains are inflammatory as they lack fiber and other valuable nutrients. So to eat clean, choose minimally processed grains to avoid them or avoid them altogether. Uh, Avoid vegetable oils and spreads. Margarines and some vegetable oils are highly processed and linked to an increased risk of disease. Opt for healthy, minimally processed oils and fats. Sugar is highly processed and linked to several health problems. If you're trying to eat clean, use small amounts of natural sweeteners occasionally or avoid sugars altogether. I am going to do this flush pretty soon. Basically, what I'm looking at is probably a 40-day flush that I've seen. And uh, with that 40-day flush, I'll be doing a complete sugar flush and wiping that from my system except for this one thing with this flush that's holding me back on the decision of using this one is it does have a 10-day period where you have to take this like apple cider vinegar type 
oily and it's seasoned up and stuff like this little shot that you gotta take once a day for 10 days i think it's once a day or it's like once before meals each day for 10 days but uh yeah that requires some type of i can't remember offhand i don't have the paperwork in front of me with my plan laid out on it but it's got some type of sweetener in there and it's a healthy version of sugar but i don't know how that works we'll see uh although moderate wine intake may help protect your heart alcohol is linked to an increased risk of several diseases in high quantities alcohol consumption consumption should be restricted when practicing clean eating you shouldn't you should only moderately drink alcohol if you listen to my podcast from like a week ago where I talked about alcohol and MS, you find out uh, the benefits and the negatives depending on how, how much you drink and what you're drinking. So looking at it and like I say, guava is a good sugar. So that's why I drink my tequila. Supposed to be that and red wine are the two things I'll stick to from now on. I'm not going to really do i just haven't last few times i did beer just i felt like crap within the first first one or two beers i just felt funky so i don't know i could have some glucose issues nowadays or something like that going on too but when eating clean replace pasta rice and other refined refined grains with vegetables to boost the nutritional value of your meal Uh, i haven't tried it yet but I think it's Barilla or one of the pie. It could be Cremet or one of the pasta companies has a boxed veggie pasta that the pasta is hard and ready to go. And it's a, veg, a pasta made out of veggies. So I am going to try it probably, probably this weekend or early next week. And I'll let you know my opinion on it. They are doing a ton more now where you can get like the, uh, soft pasta noodles made from zucchini and sweet potatoes and stuff like that they're right there in your freezer section of your grocery store nowadays uh they have tater tots made out of cauliflower they uh (laughs) everything you can think of i mean just all the items that you could have and just a good yummy deep fried versions of you can now get a vegetable version of and Use your air fryer, and that helps you avoid the oils. Way healthier and very simple to use. I just love our air fryer. I say I use it probably at least 50% of my meals I make. I'm doing something, some part of that meal in an air fryer. Instead of packaged snack foods made from refined grains, choose nutrient-dense whole foods like nuts, fruits, and vegetables. There's so many good ones out there. You can make your own trail mixes and stuff like that. Water is incredibly healthy. Water is like the number one thing. Water will fix a lot of issues. Just shut up and drink water. (laughs) I hate when people don't listen to that. If you drink coffee, every cup of coffee you have or every cup of tea you have, you should drink three glasses of water equal to it to replenish your water loss because they're diuretics um, just because they have water in them does not mean you're getting the water intake you need the water is combined with things that pull the water away from you so 
Water is incredibly healthy and should be your main beverage when following a clean eating lifestyle. Uh, it's like I mentioned in the past, I, I topped out at over five, around 550 and I lost 100 pounds in less than a year just by quitting soda, not by doing anything extra with it, but I just basically took soda out of my lifestyle and that was a huge thing. And three things you could do and be perfectly healthy with is drink a lot of water. Eliminate it sugars and <laughs> what was the third meal? <laughs> uh, I love when my brain just totally forgets what I'm talking about. Say like walking, yeah. Like if you walk, cut way back on your crappy sugars and drink a lot of water, that alone will keep you healthy. And it's amazing. And some of the healthiest times of my life. And it's all I did. I'd go hiking in the mountains and stuff like that. I loved hiking. I loved walking. I'd walk all around town. And if I didn't have to go somewhere far off, I'd walk. It's like, but now <laughs> I can barely walk. <laughs> I'm lucky that I can go 20 yards. Just, yeah. But. Choosing meat from animals raised humanely on small farms is consistent with clean eating principles. Uh, you can get to know your local farmers and stuff like that. And you can also get some good deals set up with them for veggies, fresh from the fields, all that. But basically, clean eating emphasizes fresh, nutritious, and minimally processed foods. The way of eating can not only boost your health, but also help you appreciate foods natural flavors so take those into consideration uh if you want to do some baking and stuff you want some substitutes for brown sugar which is absolutely terrible for you you can lighten it up a little bit by making your own brown sugar by mixing one tablespoon of molasses with one cup of granulated white sugar and that'll be pretty much equal to it or you can combine one cup of granulated sugar with one tablespoon of maple syrup and uh, that's an almost perfect brown sugar substitute maple syrups you can get the real the good stuff straight from the people there's tons of people in wisconsin that tap their trees so a lot of places have it easy access at like flea markets farmer markets stuff like that uh co coconut sugar may be evenly swapped for brown sugar but it can make certain baked goods drier or denser than intended and i've noticed that when i've used coconut sugar in the past to make like certain types of breads it does make them a little drier and tougher don't get that nice soft fluffiness that you would from the regular sugars you can use liquid sweeteners like maple syrup, honey, agave nectar to replace brown sugar, but you'll likely need to adjust your recipe. You'll use a lot less in liquid form than you would in raw form. Raw sugars like demerara or turbinado can be substituted for brown sugar in equal portions. 
still because raw sugar crystals are very coarse. They don't always mix in the batters and those as uniformly as brown sugars would. So you have to watch out for that for breakdown wise. Muscovado, M-U-S-C-O-V-A-D-O, is a minimally refined dark brown sugar that can be used as a regular brown sugar substitute. Thickier than brown sugar, so it may require some extra work to mix it into your recipe, especially if you're using it for baking. So take that into consideration. White sugar can be used to replace brown sugar, producing only slight changes in texture and flavor. I mean, there's not really much difference to the taste if you try it. So take those into consideration if you run out of brown and brown sugar and you need a replacement or if you want something that's not as bad for you but you can take those in and try them out a big thing is the gut biomes and it's the altered gut biomes and stuff are huge benefits to your system your health in my opinion and many others uh, so we're going to get into a little bit of those coming up next. Okay, let's talk about what you can do for your gut. Get your gut biome bacteria all happy and healthy. Uh, there is this little write-up that kind of caught my eye. talks about Alterations in gut bacteria and bacterial metabolism were found in Japanese people at different stages of multiple sclerosis compared to healthy controls that they did in a study. Reduced fatty acid synthesis in gut bacteria found in those with relapsing remitting MS and increased oxidative stress in secondary progressive MS patients were characteristic findings in the reports. Uh, the study was called Alterations of the Gut, Ecological and Functional Microenvironment in Different Stages of Multiple Sclerosis, and it was published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Basically, MS is an autoimmune disease shaped by both genetic and environmental factors. Given the increasing trend of MS cases over the past few decades, most notably in countries such as Japan, where genetic risk factors are relatively unchanged, environmental risk factors are thought to play critical roles in this population. Over the same time, changes from more traditional Japanese diets to modern diets have led to a decreased intake of dietary fiber which is known to alter the numbers and types of bacteria living in the gut, gut microbiomes, which we talked about like a week ago, a lot of different things about how the uh, different gut bacterias work together because some can be digested, some can't without the help of others. So you got to take those into consideration. Uh Gut microbiomes may be associated with MS development. However, understanding gut microbiome changes changes between different forms of MS, such as relapsing remitting MS and secondary progressive MS, has not been explored. Uh, basically, 
there's a significant differences between relapsed and remaining MS and controls in species like Eubacterium rectile and Streptococcus salivarius and Megamonas funiformis. Specifically, nine species were reduced significantly in relapsed and remaining MS compared with controls, with eight of them belonging to Clostridia-type bacteria, including E. rectale. These bacteria are known to produce a chemical called butyrate, butyrate, which is potentially protective in MS as it can suppress the immune response and has been shown to alter symptoms in MS animal models. Research noted an examination of microbial abundance and clinical parameters found that five of the 17 species identified in the relapsed remitting MS group had significant changes in those with recent disease activity, basically patients who have experienced at least one clinical relapse within a year period before sample collection. That was not seen in those without recent disease disease activity. In the secondary progressive MS group, a higher number of Streptococcus parasanguinis and lower numbers of Eubacterium helia bacteria were associated with more severe disease. Differences in bacteria metabolic pathways also were assessed, focusing on the functional differences in genes between controls and relapse and remitting, and between relapse and remitting, and secondary progressive MS. Four of the top seven pathways which were reduced in relapse and remitting MS were linked to energy metabolism. Two were involved in the metabolism of two chemicals known as propanoate, propionate, and butanoate, butyrate which are closely related to the synthesis of short-chain fatty acids and once was related to vitamin B12 biosynthesis. So basically, with this study, they're basically doing more and more research and finding out. It's kind of surprising with the Japanese lifestyle. I figured they might have less issues than us, but then if you watch shows on Japan, they got some pretty funky stuff in those vending machines, so who knows, they might be dealing with a lot of processed stuff nowadays where you didn't have them back in the day, but things like that you can do to revamp your diet and stuff, collagen-boosting foods, foods like bone broth and salmon can help protect your intestinal wall and improve your digestion. Uh... Sorry, I uh, changed things up here for a second. All right, high-fiber foods like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, oats, peas, avocados, pears, bananas, and berries are all full of fiber, which aids in healthy digestion. And foods high in omega-3 fatty acids, acids, (laughs) acids. I always got to do those fatty acids. Oh, my God. Okay. Have you seen her butt? Uh, 
salmon, mackerel, and flax seeds are packed with omega-3s, which may help reduce inflammation and in turn help improve your digestion. I know I added a thousand. Thousand is that I use. I know I got some type of new. Uh, I did add turmeric to my diet again now, but uh, I added flaxseed to it. I think it's a thousand milligrams, not thousand I use, like the vitamin D three. But but yeah, we talked about the whole mixing your probiotics and prebiotics, so you get the ones that you can't digest, and you got the ones that can digest the ones you can't digest. So. Get your probiotic foods like sauerkraut, kefir, kimchi, kombucha, apple cider vinegar, kvass, high-quality yogurt. And then your prebiotic-rich foods like jicama, asparagus, chicory root, dandelion greens, onions, garlic, leeks. But focus on good digestion and see what happens. See how your body reacts to everything and try different things bringing them back in once you do your cleanse or your flush and this way you can actually feel how each food affects you if you don't dump a bunch of other stuff along with it into your body but gut health is important for a number of reasons including your mental health um well well that's someone talking about their problems but whether you're working toward a healthy gut or improving your mental well-being, consider adding one or all three of the suggestions to your diet and routine that we were talking about with your probiotics, prebiotics, and your little collagen boosters and stuff like that are beneficial. And then we mentioned one in there is apple cider vinegar and you can also use that to help lose weight and stuff like that, depending on how you have it. But apple cider vinegar has been used as a health tonic for thousands of years. It's got tons of benefits, such as lowering blood sugar levels. Uh, it can, they say it's got acetic acid in it. It's made from a two-step fermentation process. Basically, the apples are cut or crushed and combined with yeast to convert their sugar into alcohol. Secondly, the bacteria is, bacteria is added to ferment the alcohol into acetic acid. Uh, traditionally, it was apple cider vinegar. Production took about a month, though some manufacturers dramatically accelerated the process. So that it only takes a day now. So I don't know if it's giving you as much benefit as it used to if you're getting the faster processed. But the acetic acid is the main component of the apple cider vinegar. And that it gets from the two-step fermentation process. And it's the main thing that does has the main effect on you. Uh, it's got acetic acid has all kinds of benefits. Fat loss, it lowers the blood sugar levels, it 
decreases insulin levels, it improves metabolism, reduces fat storage, burns fat, suppresses appetite. But basically, animal studies have found that acetic acid may promote fat loss in several several ways. It can reduce fat storage, increase fat burning, reduce appetite, and improve blood sugar and insulin response. So that's something to take into consideration. Apple cider vinegar helps promote fullness in part due to delayed stomach emptying. This may naturally lead to lower calorie intake. However, this could worsen gastroparesis for some people. So talk to your doctor about it and take it into consideration. And then watch how you're drinking and make sure you're using it. You're not just taking it straight down. You got to break it down. Um, adding one... One study, obese people who took one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar daily for 12 weeks lost weight and body fat. But make sure you combine it with some something and don't I ain't take into consideration my salad dressing, 50% apple cider vinegar, 50% extra virgin olive oil, and then whatever seasonings and stuff you want in it. I put some lemon, some garlic, some turmeric, some... Cayenne, some salt, sea salt, black, cracked black pepper, uh, ginger, and anything you want for seasoning and stuff. Maybe some Italian seasonings. But yeah, it lowers blood. It can lower blood sugar levels and insulin. It can improve insulin sensitivity. It can lower fasting blood sugars. It can improve PC, PCOS symptoms which are polycystic ovary syndrome. Uh, it can decrease cholesterol levels, lower blood sugar, blood pressure, kill harmful bacteria and viruses in your system. So take those into consideration. Uh, you can... You can use it with olive oil as a salad dressing, like I said. Uh, or you can use it just to dip or make it that way and then dip like cucumbers, tomatoes, whatever into it, just to munch on. You can use it for pickling vegetables or you can simply mix it in the water and drink it. I like using it for pickling when I make my own homemade jalapenos and stuff like that. Anytime I have some type of vinegar ingredient, I usually replace it with apple cider vinegar or red wine vinegar I like using for taste flavor-wise. Uh, Yeah, you can mix it with water, drink it before meals and stuff like that to help out. But one to two tablespoons is per day is recommended to obtain full weight loss benefits. So take that into consideration. And we will get back to you with some more, yeah, maybe some workout ideas next. Okay, let's get into a little workout that you can do. Some basic workouts for you and stuff. Oh, get your body loosened up, motivated, going. And deep breathing 
exercises are a good one. Basically, lie flat on your back and place one hand on your chest and the other on your abdomen. Put a small pillow or folded blanket under your head. If you have tension in your neck or if your chin tilts upward, place a large pillow under your knees. If your back is uncomfortable, your hand position helps you detect motion during belly breathing. So inhale slowly and deeply, expanding your abdomen. Then pause for a few seconds. Exhale slowly, contracting your abdomen. Again, pause for a few seconds. Keep your chest and throat as relaxed as possible. And take 10 to 15 breaths this way. Then find yourself a chair. You can do some chair yoga. Basically sit tall in your chair. Exhale, bringing your bent knee directly up while your bent right knee directly up. Next, hold the outside of that knee with your right hand and the outside of your right heel with your left hand. Place the outside of your right ankle on top of your left thigh, just above your left knee. Drop your right knee towards the floor as far as it is comfortable for you. Hold this for four to six breaths, then repeat this on the other side. Little chair yoga move you can do. Now, if you're on the ground and you wanna try a wall yoga move, basically lie on your back with both legs up on a wall and your hips at a comfortable distance from the wall. Let your arms rest comfortably at your sides with your palms down. Bend your knees and join the bottoms of your feet together. Let your knees drop to their comfort, comfort level. Hold this for six to eight breaths. Then return to the starting position. And part two of this, wall yoga, get in the same starting position as for part one. As you inhale, keep both legs straight, but let the right leg drift down slowly to the right towards the floor. As you exhale, slowly bring the leg back up. And then repeat this on the left side. Next, re next, relax and let both legs drift apart as far as is comfortable for you. Hold this for six to eight breaths. Then return to the starting position. Slowly work up to 12 to 16 breaths while doing this. Another chair yoga exercise is the seated warrior. You rattle your chair sideways with the back of the chair on your right. Rest your right thigh on the seat and keep your left foot on the floor. 
bend your right knee so it forms a right angle. Try to straighten your left leg with your toes or foot on the floor. Inhale, raising both arms upward until they are parallel to the floor. Hold this for four to six breaths and then repeat on the left side. There's a few simple, basic exercises that aren't going to put too much stress on your body, but at least get you loosened up a little bit and get going through your day. Then some habits you can do, take into consideration during your day to also help you lose weight. So make sure you eat a high-protein breakfast if you do eat breakfast. Many people do intermittent fasting or aren't into the breakfast eating as, as am I. I do not like eating breakfast myself. Studies show that a high-protein breakfast may aid in weight loss by reducing cravings, appetite, and ghrelin secretion, secretion during the day. So that's something to take into consideration if you do like have a long day of work and you don't want to worry with lunch hour and stuff like that or don't want to eat a heavy lunch and stuff, eat a heavier breakfast and eat less during the day. Increasing your water intake has been associated with an increase in weight loss and energy expenditure as well as a decrease in appetite and food intake. They say that studies have found that daily self-weighing may be associated with more weight loss and increased restraint. I disagree because you're not going to see much of a difference daily. I would suggest more like weekly, but I am not a doctor. So if the results say that, that's a good thing. I just know a lot of people get very frustrated when they're on that scale. I don't think that's a good thing to do that often. I suggest more like once a month, but if you are on a diet and you want to keep track of things, go like once a week or something. But if you want to try daily, go for it. Not my cup of tea. But sun exposure may have an influence on weight. Sunlight can also help you meet your vitamin D needs, which may help increase weight loss and prevent weight gain. Some studies have found that mindfulness can increase weight loss and promote healthy eating behaviors. Mindfulness meditation is very popular nowadays. Some studies have found that exercising in the morning may be associated with increased satiety, satisfaction, and improved blood sugar control. Uh, I just hate that. I can't say words. I know how to say them, but they don't come out. Studies show that meal planning and eating home-cooked meals are associated with improved diet quality and a lower risk of obesity. I like making a big pot of stuff so I can freeze freeze some for later so there's less cooking in the future. Studies show that sleep deprivation may increase appetite and cravings as well as calorie intake. So. Consider getting a sleep study test taken, see if you need to be on a CPAP. Walking, biking, and using public transportation have all been associated with less weight gain and lower body weight and body fat. 
compared to driving to work, which makes sense, and walking down at a bus stop. And doing a little bit of exercise, and every day is always good to get some type of flow in the bloodstream. Studies have found that using a food diary to track your intake can help increase weight loss. So basically, making a few small changes to your morning habits can be an easy, effective way to increase weight loss. Practicing healthy behaviors in the morning can also get your day started on the right foot and set you up for success. For best results, make sure you combine these morning habits with a well-rounded diet and healthy lifestyle. Check with your doctors and make sure everything's okay that you're doing. And hopefully you'll have a better, less painful lifestyle. See what happens. See if that helps. If any of that can help you out. Very important thing is your feet. Uh, I mentioned, I was found out recently, I was born with two two messed up feet. <laughs> My foot bones aren't the way they're supposed to be. So keep an eye on your feet. Make sure they're, you got good, comfortable shoes that fit right. And we have to watch out with our tippiness and stuff. You don't really want high heels and stuff like that if you get if you deal with those issues. Stretch when you can. Great calf raises to help pump blood out of your pump, help get the blood pumping in your feet and stuff. And or you can stand tall on the edge of a step or platform with your abdominal muscles pulled in you can secure the balls of your feet firmly on the step with your heels hanging over the edge and raise your heels a few inches above the step as you stand on your tiptoes and hold this for a few seconds uh, lower your heels back to to even with the platform and just repeat that 10 times another great stretch is the runner's stretch where you Face a wall and place your hands against it. Extend, extend one leg behind your body. Push your heel to the floor as far as it will go. Hold for a moment to feel the stretch and then switch sides. Repeat three times on each leg. Uh, with plantar fasciitis and all that stuff, and with my messed up feet, lots of things, my doctor prefers me to do is uh, roll a handball, tennis ball, something of the sorts under your foot and it'll stretch that tendon, that muscle to decrease the inflammation and pain in the heel in your foot. Uh, but you can use the ball format you can also stand with stand facing a wall, put your toes against the wall, and have like about a 45 degree angle or so with your foot on the ground and just press against the wall and it will help stretch that tendon. Uh, the step stretch you, that we talked about earlier, you can also do on the on a flat surface. Just stand with your feet, both shoulder width apart, and then just uh, raise up on your toes, hold it up in the air for a little bit, and then 
bring yourself back down and raise yourself up and just do that like 10 times holding it for a little while each time uh you can take you can sit on a bed or a chair or whatever take a towel or a shirt or some some type of material or something strap or whatever put it underneath your balls of your foot and just to hold your legs straight out or at an angle or whatever out straight out from you and just pull on the towel pulling your muscle your foot towards you the top of your foot towards you and stretching that muscle and holding it and there's a variety of different things you can do that way just focusing on stretching it and that'll help if you do have any plantar fasciitis pain and stuff like that help you can ice your feet you can massage your feet elevate your feet like right now my heels killing me on my right foot so i got like a six pack of toilet paper that i leave by my chair and i just leave my foot on that so it's not pushing down on the heel constantly on the hard floor then see your podiatrist and talk to them about what whatever problems you're having if you have any type of foot pains and they'll help you out but yeah shoes are very important with exercise and stuff like that so get a nice comfortable pair something that secures your foot and take that into consideration doctors always say foot doctors uh if you have foot problems you want to be able to grab your shoe your shoe and bend it you do not want it to bend easily if it bends real easy you can fold it up heel to toe then there's no support in that shoe that's it was basically useless you might as well be barefoot so take that into consideration get a good stiff stiffer shoe that doesn't just flex as much for your foot and secures your foot foot better but yeah that's it for now then we're gonna end it there if i do maybe i'll add another little session on to this but i doubt it uh, I think we'll go with that. So just basically take care of yourself, take care of everybody else around you, kick the shit out of the monster, keep yourself happy, keep yourself healthy, and we'll get back to you with some more goodies in the future. And we are our next episode will be episode 200. So who knows what's going to happen yet? I got a few things kind of planned out, but. We will have to see what happens. I'm not sure which day I will be getting back to you with that episode 200, but I'm looking forward to it and the next 100 episodes, and we will talk to you again soon.